In today's episode, Laura and I will be discussing the concept of men fear women will laugh at them and women fear men will kill them. Welcome to Who Said You Have To, where we discuss how society dictates to us who we must be and how we must live our lives. In this podcast, we will also help you find ways to choose the life you want to live with no fear or judgment. My name is Laura Schmidt. Tina and I know the things discussed today are not what society has taught us to believe, but I choose to believe in my own ability to see what is truth and what is not truth. My name is Tina Mason, and Laura and I challenge you to join us in believing in your own ability to find your truth, not what society has dictated you must believe to be accepted or loved. The truth is, you are loved exactly as you are, right here, right now. No human is more vital than another. You matter. And you have the free will to walk your own path with no fear and no judgment. We encourage you to have faith in yourself. And remember, who said you have to? Tell me, Tina, what is this all about? Today we are discussing how men fear that women will laugh at them and women fear that men will kill them. Um, Growing up as a female and learning to survive a sexual assault with your life Mm -hmm. and how that has to stop. (laughs) How (laughs) that is just... uh, Who has the golden wand here, the magic wand? You know... um, in preparing for this episode, um, and you know, both you and I, I have uh, two daughters, and you have uh, that are I have two daughters that are in their twenties, mm-hmm. and you have a daughter who is in her early teens, and just thinking about how, the things we have to teach them, in hopes that they will survive. Yeah. is it's funny because when you came to me with this topic <clears throat> earlier, just this morning, I had had the thought. Um, because my daughter, now that she's getting older, she wants to ride her bike over to the store, and da, 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 and I've been letting her. Mm-hmm. But in you know, on, I hate that on the way out, I have to remind her, don't talk to strangers. If um, if somebody approaches you, male or female, kick, scream, punch. Don't be ashamed. You know, you don't have to be nice. You don't have to talk to you know, mm-hmm. like. Because society has taught us to be polite. Yes. And because yeah. that's how I was raised, to be yeah, polite. Yeah, be nice and talk, except I wasn't. Like, I would tell men that I would punch them in the balls if they did. <laughs> uh, so, but um, embarrassing my parents, right? But I hate, I, I have to teach it to her, or I feel I have to teach her to well, her, but do. I hate having to do it. Yeah, but it's you not do. not fair. But you do have to. It is to. not freaking fair. So, uh, in preparation for doing this episode, Laura and I were looking at statistics, and uh, there was one statistic that I that I shared with Laura, and she, I, if you would have seen the look on her face <laughs> of like you've got to be kidding me, who am I killing? So, Laura, yes, what is the leading cause of death in pregnant women? So, pregnant women in the United States died by homicide more often than they die of pregnancy-related causes. And (sighs) the most shocking part of that is they're frequently killed by a partner. And this is uh, by a study uh, published by obstetrics and gynecology. Um, Yeah. Yeah, your own partner who you should be able to trust. And and I'm going to preface this by going, okay, we're not attacking men. No. Um, It's just... we're, statistics. These are facts. We are going off we are right now. just discussing. We're discussing something that has to be discussed. There, mm-hmm. we're discussing something that has to change. And how do we do that? We talk about it, and 
Um, unfortunately, in this uh, specific situation, um, it just happens to be men yeah. that are uh, that are creating this. And we do actually, we have a guest, and we're gonna let this guest come on. Yeah. Um, we just ask I mean, everybody to be polite is, and respectful. Yeah, there is stuff. Say. Sex trafficking done by women as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's just... Rainbow, what can we do for you today? Hi. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for bringing up this topic. It is like an extremely under-talked under about topic, and there's always a lot of uh, mansplaining that happens in this topic. I actually used to uh, volunteer at a domestic violence center, and I've worked with single mothers outreach. I do like massage and like life coaching and stuff. And... One of the, the biggest things is like, because there's so much fear for women to speak up, to like actually communicate their needs in regards to like the, the verbal, uh, psychological, financial assault on them mm -hmm. in regards to like their partnerships and stuff. They can't even like really talk about it with their friends or family. They just get really distant. And, um, you know, when things do happen, it's always like, it's already been kind of happening for such a long time. I just, uh, I'm glad you guys are, are like talking about this and broaching this, this very difficult mm. topic that, that might bring in a lot of, a uh, lot of controversy because We're not it really doesn't. Yeah. We, we, uh, we revel in the controversy <laughs> because the thing is, is if there's controversy, then it's being talked about, then it's being brought to life. Because we read some, Absolutely. we read some statistics today that even as I am just thinking about them, um, sicken me uh, horribly. Um, you know, it, it is, it must be discussed because um, we need to help women. And again, we're not man bashing, but um, it is predominantly this, this. Just happens to be no, a no. subject about men. Um, killing women, you know, um, men, men killing women because they feel disrespected yeah. men killing women because they want to put their dick in them and don't want to get in trouble. Men wanting to put their dick in little girls and not wanting to get in trouble. Um, it's, it's taboo. I get it. But Absolutely. you know what? And no, no. It, I mean, I, I'm a rape victim. So I, I've been raped like four or five times now. And like, I 100% I I never was able to come out or say anything against these groups because I was a 17, 16 year old girl and they were in their 30s. So like, who's going to believe me? Who's going to believe a teenager? I believe you. I believe you. Well, yeah, and, but at the time. And Rainbow, <laughs> Rainbow, can I have you say rape survivor? Because you're not a victim, baby. Rape survivor. You're a survivor. They didn't break you. Yeah. You survived. No, no I actually, uh, I, I have an entire. We, no, we lost you. So uh, we're, we're going to, uh, we'll let uh, Rainbow, Rainbow finish up. her. Yeah, and then we'll go on to a couple more statistics and what our plan of action is. Yeah. Sorry about well, that. You know, Laura. Um, yeah, no, no I actually created a, a program, a victim program. Um, about like reclaiming and re-empowering yourself and I I don't use that word victim very often but it I, I was a child and there was no advocacy for me and I believe that there are 
situations where, you know, that word does apply. Like when you are a young person and you, you can't fend for yourself. I think those are victims like babies and children and people in the care of adults definitely should be able to say that at the time I was, and I'm no longer that. And I've processed my trauma through it, but I, I know that, that this is a much bigger problem than people are willing to talk about. And uh, I'm just really glad that you guys are, are talking about it. And I think this needs to be screamed. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of organizations and a lot of like even children's toys that are like almost causing more and more and more of this, the grooming and the, you know, making it seem like it's okay to sexualize, you know, there's all these little toys that are just so sexual, like those LOL dolls. It's like so bizarre to me. Um, my daughter's seven. She loves those toys, but they're just, they're not appropriate. I had one mom yell at me about it. I was like, they have tramp stamps. <laughs> they wear, so, they wear. So if you don't mind me asking, I might be a little deaf. Why are they, why should the girls be taught that it's not appropriate? Um, well, uh, the little boy do 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 dolls have penises. And then when you get them in warm water, they grow beards. Uh, they have fishnet shirts and fishnet pants. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just weird. It's just I have yeah I have no I I have no idea about these dolls. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Look, these toys they change colors in warm or cold water, and the the girls will get like tattoos. They'll get some of them are fine, but there are you know there were those toys what in the late nineties early two thousands that had certain like you know what pedophile symbols or whatever on them like i think that there really are companies that are almost pushing some kind of agenda and i i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i'm noticing more oh, I... and <laughs> i'm noticing more of these toys just kind of moving from i thought it was pretty gender neutral and more more gender neutral more play into yeah. like forcing kids to want to buy 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 and into this yeah, certain awesome. image that they should be pursuing. It's just uh, not really, a We really appreciate your input. We're about to lose you again. So we are going to uh, keep going on with our uh, some of our statistics here. And just so that you know that I understand, um, you know, I was being trafficked, sex trafficked at age 10. So I, I totally get um, where you're coming from. And this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm sure at 10, I would have referred to myself as a victim. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll tell you this, I uh, am a survivor because victim implies that, um, that I have no power. Survivor implies that I'm stronger than they are. And that is uh, definitely what I teach in my own practice. And, um, because it is all about empowering people so that they're not afraid to speak, so that they're not afraid mm -hmm. to stand up and say this happened to me. So we are gonna go back to the statistics about, um, as we had said, the leading cause of uh, death in pregnant women is murder, mm -hmm. is homicide. And frequently that is by their partner, by the person who uh, is either the father of the child or um, is with this person intimately. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I found really uh, interesting 
was it said it says here that pregnant um becoming pregnant um and your your chance of dying by homicide um it said pregnant between ages of 10 and 44 why is there a 10 year old that's pregnant yeah. because you see their their mate should not be able to kill them because if they're pregnant at 10 why is nobody in jail yeah so but it does say here that you are 16 times or 16% higher chance of murder being murdered um from the ages of 10 to 14 if you are pregnant 10 to 44 or I'm sorry 10 to 44 mm -hmm. um if you are pregnant than if you're not and I found this really interesting it said that Asian um Asian American. and Native American women the cases of pregnant women being murdered were so low that they didn't even have statistics to publish. Yeah. And I was telling Laura that I it didn't say this, but I felt like this had something to do with um, their culture of how they see pregnant women yeah. are to be revered. See, my thought process went the other way. My thought process went to more submissive type women. That they're brought up to be more submissive to their partner. So if you're more submissive, you have your partners just gets to do whatever they want, right? And you're not going to fight back. Mm -hmm. And I am not saying that is correct. It, yeah. That was my impression. If anybody when I knows, read it. yeah, if anybody does know the answer to that or has um, an opinion, hopefully please. it's just that they revere yeah. <laughs> pregnancy um, and not, not the other way around. But that was. Yeah. But if anybody does know the answer to that, please uh, feel free to uh, request to be a guest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then black women who are pregnant or recently pregnant die of pregnancy-related causes two and a half times um, more as often, sorry, as non-Hispanic white women. Wow. Insane. Wow. Very scary. And, and what is the other one? There's a factor in pregnancy-related homicide. The team found that young women between the ages of 10 and 24, again with age 10, are at higher risk of homicide while pregnant than those who are older. And I don't know if it's because they have maybe younger mates that are mentally, emotionally stable yet or what Possibly. the deal is, but that's just one of the, or the factors. pedophiles that got someone pregnant. So as Laura and I were looking up all of these statistics and all of this stuff, um, in my mind, I listen to way too many um, true crime <laughs> podcasts, right? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Okay, so if we have approximately 47,000 women and girls are killed worldwide by intimate partners or other family mm -hmm. members, right? So I'm like, wow, so if there uh, 47,000 women every year are being killed by people they know, mm -hmm. right? The number of people that are killed by strangers must be astronomical, yeah, no. right? And so I looked it up and be ready for this because yeah. this blew me away. Um, female victims of the female victims, 13%, 13% were believed to be murdered by a stranger out of that 47,000. Well, no, I guess that 47,000 is the actual number. Yeah. thirteen percent number. of that. So, um, but how insane, mm -hmm. how this insane person that you trust and, uh, yeah, it turned out to be mentally unstable, <laughs> and and um, or evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 
that took me on to child trafficking when yeah. we were talking about that um, right. as well. So I was like, I wonder how many kids, of course, there can't be a specific number because a lot of them are still missing. But like, what is, how many people, how many kids do they think are trafficked each year? So according to the Huff Post, it's 1.2 million children. 1.2 million are trafficked every year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, it can't, I mean, yeah, it I, is. Don't even, I know, that's, I know, but I'm just that's, like, and that's just this, in the United States. Yes. That's just in the United States. Yeah. So, because it, it says the total current um, traffic children is estimated to be in excess of 5.5 million. And that's, again, just in the United yeah. States because worldwide, worldwide yeah. it's 22 million. There has been 22 million child sex trafficking reports. Yeah. And that was in 2020. 2020. Yeah. And, and, by sex trafficking as well, I, I learned I, I, a while back that it's not necessarily that they're kidnapped and they're gone. It's like they could be picking your kid up at the steps of their school, mm-hmm. um, taking them to do something and sending them home with a threat of we're going to kill your parents and all your friends and bomb your school. Right? Exactly. Um, my husband and I were at a film festival a while ago, and there was a gentleman that made a film about sex trafficking and kids. And one was a girl that every summer she would go to her grandparents' house and she would be bored with grandma, so she'd sit outside on the steps. And some guy, she was 12, I think, at the time, some 18-year-old lured her in. You know, she always wanted a boyfriend, so he became her, you know, quotation, boyfriend. boyfriend. And if you love me, you'll do this. So every day, X time, he had her sit outside on the steps. She'd have to tell um, her, uh, her grandma, you know, I'm going with my boyfriend. And needless to say, she was being sold. And then going home with, you know, shut your mouth. Yeah. And that was every day. And, you know, I talked to my son about it, who is now 18. And I'm like, look, man, this can happen, you know. Right. Uh, You're a good-looking kid. And, you know, men will pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. And, of course, he blew me off because, Mama, you're crazy. It's not going to happen to me. But it freaking happens, you know. I sent my daughter to the store. She Or she wants to go to the store. And I'm trying to allow her some freedom. Right? Not right. Her locked up all day. Of course, I have my find my friends on my phone and everything to track her. And, um, and the rules are, you know, you don't talk to anybody. You, if somebody approaches you for anything, I don't care if it's a little old lady, it's no, I'm sorry. And not even, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. It's just, just no and walk no. on. And if you feel and you say no loud, no, yes, no old woman. You can't have my purse. <laughs> oh, touch me old woman. That's my purse. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> She has to say it with that accent. You got to say it with that accent. Back off. No, and it's, you know, scream, fight. I don't care, you know. And she's always the type that's scared to be embarrassed. She doesn't want to be embarrassed, right? And right. I was like, it doesn't matter. Well, embarrassed it or doesn't dead. Ma- I, that's what I tell her. I was like, you want to be in the back of the van dead or you want to be embarrassed? You yeah. You have to choose. But then at the same time, I'm teaching her all this fear against men and sometimes little old ladies, right? And then I have to expect one day that she's going to be able to trust a boyfriend and, and right. or girlfriend, whatever she chooses. But she has to trust a mate after all this time that I'm instilling. Hopefully, I'm not, I don't want to instill fear, but I want to be aware and be prepared. But will she be able to relax one day with a partner and be like, is he going to try and kill me? Like, well, what, what, are, what are we doing? Statistically, yes. You're right. So what, are, what do we do? Well, besides Carrie, you know, I told her, I was like, you know, if they threaten you, you know, we're going to go kill your family. You just tell them mommy and daddy carry guns They're from Texas. (laughs) There you go. Mama's got it on her at all times. Right. But um, there's lots of kids that parents don't even talk to about this stuff. So um, I just I want to throw out just uh, 
couple more statistics here, and then we are going to get into the meat of what do we do. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I was looking up how many homicides are, um, like, sexually motivated. Yeah. Right? Um, and it actually pulled up the male and female. And are you ready for this? Tell me. Okay. Homicide victims where sexual violence was confirmed, so people that were killed. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was confirmed that they had been raped. Ugh. For women, it was 89.4%. For men, it was 87%. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's not just women no, no, no. that are being killed for sex. for sex. It is men as well. And it is disgusting I wonder if there's any statistics um, about these rapists or killers or whatever. Um, is it, you know, sexually repressed religious people? Well, is it, um, that I don't know. Is it people that were raped themselves? Is it? So the, this statistic actually, now that you are bringing that up, mm-hmm. um, this statistic does say that, um, out of the ones that they did, right. Um, says that sexual violence occurred, um, with women, 100% of the time before they were murdered mm-hmm. with men and this is just disgusting mm-hmm. 19.6% um, the sexual violence was before they were murdered yeah. and so that means that the other 80% was after they were murdered which is disgusting oh. um, but the one of the other statistic was um, homicide victim um was both a perpetrator and victim of sexual violence. Um, and I think I'm reading that mm-hmm. yeah. wrong. I'm no, reading. No. They were accused or thought to be a sexual violence perpetrator. Got you. So it says um, 100% of the time. So um, the people committing it yes. with their statistics of what they uh, found, um, the people, the cases that they looked at, the perpetrator had been a victim of, of it, of it so 100% like, of the time. You know, do you trace it back to sexual repression? Do you trace it, trace it back to mental illness? Like, why this need for sex? And then, you know, a lot of times you see movies that they, the guy or woman, whatever, well, men, we're going to say men, they have sex with the young woman and they are ashamed, they are embarrassed, and then they kill them so that the word doesn't get out, you know? And... Where does it, I, I don't know. Okay. Is, well, it, is it mental illness? Is it, again, victims? So, so I think that it's all of the above. I think it is mental illness. I think it's sexual repression. I think it is religious beliefs. I think it is societal conditioning. Because look at, um, you know, in, when we were growing up, right? The whole Britney Spears phase, right? Every man, um, after she did the whole... Um, schoolgirl thing. School, you know, Catholic schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. Like, that's every man's fantasy, a child yeah a child and all of us as women say oh well let me let me make sure that my vagina is um baby smooth let me make sure that i have no hair anywhere or anything you know so that i'm more uh appeasing appeasing. well why is that more appeasing i mean my no i don't want to go into too much detail and gross people (laughs) out but you know my husband's like that's gross 
to me. Like, yeah. he said, you're a woman. There should be some hair there. Because I'm a woman. <laughs> but, you know, um, that that's a huge indicator right there. If a man says, ah, let's wax that up yeah, so it's make smooth. Make you look like a little nine-year-old. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't want there to be any signs that you're a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then again, you know, I mean, I have huge boobs, so we know that my husband's, <laughs> my husband's not into the, you know, prepubescent <laughs> girls. <laughs> But so how do we how do we fix this, Laura? How do we how do we? Go you don't want to ask me. Well, I know yours would cons- would be mass suicide or mass, mass murder. murder. Um, yeah, I mean it doesn't it doesn't make me any better. You know, I want to go out and kill them and chop their. You know what? Not even kill them. Just chop their chop their weenies off. Put a little run a bop it on them. So um, the the name of this podcast is "Men Fear Women Will Laugh at Them, Women Fear Men Will Kill Them." Mm-hmm. Okay, so. If we, why do men fear that women will laugh at them? That they're not as manly as they thought they were. Yeah. Because society. Yeah. Because society, society has taught men from the day that they're born, you must be able to financially provide. You must be big and strong. You must be able to beat up anybody or anything um, that comes near your Mm -hmm. woman. You must control. You must dominate. Yeah. So just letting them be. So <laughs> just be instead, instead, instead of just letting them be who they are, um, because here's the thing, what we've been doing isn't working, mm-hmm. right? Because what we've been doing is teaching our daughters from the day that they're born, how to survive a sexual assault with their life. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we've been teaching our daughters. Yeah. Um, and why, why are we teaching them? Because at that point, Society was not interested in how to stop men from doing no, that. No, no. So let's start a revolution here, peeps. Let's let's teach men how to not fear that women will laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Let's teach men how to keep their hands to themselves. Let's teach them how to pleasure themselves <laughs> uh, and that women are more than just something to just put your dick in. Yeah. Women are more than just a whole. Little girls are not sexual objects. Yeah. Little girls are not sexual objects. But again, I'm going to take responsibility for my part in this mm-hmm. because, you know, in my early 20s, um when I was trying to, you know, find a man or mm-hmm. whatever, I didn't wear the clothes that made me comfortable. I didn't um, go out of the house without makeup or my hair done or I wore sexy clothes and, you know, um, because that's what I was taught would attract a man. Mm -hmm. So I'm to blame for that just as um, anyone else is Mm -hmm. because I help perpetuate that. Yeah. But we don't have to. No. We don't have to. What about... And I'm just spitballing here. But what about if we just are ourselves? If we are just a human being that we choose to be, mm-hmm. and we attract the people that love us exactly as we are. Laura and I run into this all the time. <laughs> uh, and we, we run a um, holistic healing center. And we run into, well... 
you know, um, I don't like it when my spouse does this. Mm -hmm. And so we start tracing that back to, okay, well, when did that start? Well, no, they're always like that. But I thought they would change. (laughs) What? Yeah. Number one, okay, big, big problem with this is why do you need them to change? Mm -hmm. Why why do you feel you have a right to change another human being? And number two, why on earth do you think they're going to change? Yeah, you accepted them like that. Exactly. It's like, um, that would be like um, meeting somebody and saying, you know what, you're absolutely perfect, except I need you to grow two more inches and I need you to lose 30 pounds and mm-hmm. then I, and then I'll be happy. Oh, what right? Yeah, fight me. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what right do we have uh-huh. to tell another human being that, um, if, that they're not enough, mm-hmm. right? Um, what if, what if we met somebody and, you know, the way that their jaw clicked when they ate was too much and we just said, hey, you know what, you're a great human, but this is just, this, this is a deal breaker. This is a deal breaker (laughs) for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we're making those lists of the perfect mate, um, make a list right next to it that says deal breakers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because when we, we, we are taught constantly especially with the availability to plastic surgery and um medications and and all of that that if somebody if you meet somebody and they're you know let's say 75 percent good to go Mm -hmm. right that you can change the other 25 percent what if they don't want to yeah do they ask you to help them change what if they don't help me change (laughs) yeah what if they don't want to yeah and what Who kind you of expect that? And yeah. what kind of society are we that we're constantly telling people that they must change to be loved? Mm-hmm. If you're not hurting anybody, if you're not creating harm, if you're not part of the uh, group that has killed forty-seven thousand women and girls, mm-hmm. you're just a guy or a girl who desires love. Yeah that desires companionship and is willing to accept another human exactly as they are, why do I have to change for that? Mm -hmm. There are 7 billion people on this earth. If somebody wants you to change, you say, no, thank you. Because there are 7 billion people. Unless you're willing to. That's something like, oh, you know what? That's bothered me about myself. I want to change it type thing, you know, but... But does it really bother you, or is it something you felt insecure about? Yeah, I don't and know. Somebody else put that in. Because <coughs> I mean, I've changed. Oh, I've changed considerably. You know? And then people are like, "Oh, you know, I've had partners that be like, but you changed." <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grow and change. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Not like, yeah. oh, change the color of your hair because I don't like it that color. Not that, but what's wrong with the blue? <laughs> I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I ain't talking to you. But. Um, if they're coming at you like, let's change and grow is one thing. Yes. You know, change, you know, you can't eat the food that way. Well, that's the way I grew up eating food, so. Yeah, or um, whatever I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like the clothes you're wearing, or yeah. I don't, you're showing too much shoulder. I just remember or... always saying I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, amazing listeners. Sorry for the interruption, but Laura and I wanted to ask for your help. There is this cool program that we use called Patreon. When you sign up for Patreon under Who Said You Have To, you will get exclusive gifts from Tina and me. For as little as $5 a month, you can get bonus content, live videos with Laura and me, which coffee and wine. (laughs) Fully clothed. (laughs)
as well as an awesome Who Said You Have To sticker. Another way to help us is to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Reviews are how we grow our listenership. Laura and I love doing this podcast, and we truly appreciate all of your support. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I can see that. So if there's anybody who would like to come on as a guest and um, help us build this plan of action of how we're going to change this. Yes. Change this to say men and women laugh together and do not kill. Yeah. Um, please feel free to come on and request to be a guest. Or if you have a comment or a story that you'd like to tell, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. We just ask you to be uh, polite and respectful of everyone's views. Uh, you don't have to have the same view. Nope. But just polite and respectful of everyone's yeah. views. Yeah, I can't. Um, in the area we're in, there is a lot of um, shame for women, like showing their shoulders or, you know. I won't go into too many details, you know, because uh, it'll get men, you know, it'll it'll make men want me. I was like, I, it's hard to explain the feelings I have towards that. <laughs> um, why? You know, you I, I don't understand the concept of you can't wear spaghetti straps because it's going to distract a boy. So let me get this straight. I have to be hot and wear sleeves because some boy might have a sexual thought about me. Doesn't sound like my damn problem. No. Sounds like the boy's problem. Sounds like maybe he needs some therapy. Yeah. And, um, you know, starting at home with dad. Dad, the way you treat mom is a reflection of how they're going to grow up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, My son was raised by, you know, a man that doesn't show a lot of respect for women. I got out of the relationship very early, but he was in another one. And my son witnessed that. And I you know, made sure that I talked to him that that's not normal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but I, I do witness him in him some, you know, I, I don't see, I don't see him as an abuser or a rapist or God no. forbid. No. Um, but I do see some of that, you know, that's my girl type thing. Right. Um, and I think all boys are like that, you know, my woman type, uh, ghetto stuff. <laughs> and I don't appreciate that. And I've, I totally need to respect them. They're a human being. You know? Yeah. They're not property. They're not. And, you know, the other thing is, is I, I always say this, you know, blood is not ownership. No. Um, you know, someone, if somebody, if, you know, a lot of people, the reason that a lot of you have generational sexual trauma oftentimes is because everybody knows Uncle Charlie is a perv. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that you don't let your little girl sit on his lap and you, but nobody calls Uncle Charlie out. No, it's, nobody calls the police on Uncle Charlie. Nobody does anything about it. They just yeah. say, "Stay away from, stay Uncle away Charlie. from, stay away from Uncle Charlie." And they watch their kids and make sure that their kids don't, you know, instead of kicking Uncle Charlie, in instead of kicking Uncle Charlie in the ding ding, <laughs> and somebody slitting Uncle Charlie's throat, you know, yeah. um, because that is how it con- that's how it perpetuates over generations and generations. Because no, I don't know if it is like. Well, we don't want to be like our family to be embarrassed mm-hmm. or we don't want to have to go through the trauma of it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is because you know what? I screamed from the highest uh, mountaintop and told my daughters from birth, um, your uncle Mark is a pedophile. You will never be uh, alone, with alone with him. You will, if, if you are with Nana and he comes to the house, 
and mommy's not there, you call mommy immediately or daddy mm -hmm. and we will come and get you. And you stay glued to Nana's side because, of course, my mother didn't really care that he was yeah. a pedophile. Um, because in her mind, you know, he's not going to hurt anybody that she cares about. And she loved her granddaughters. So, but neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we have to stop ignoring it because of the social norms or mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable or if you know uncle charlie is a freaking pedophile call the police call the police mm -hmm. call cps yes S report it report it report it every time you hear about uncle charlie touching a child report it go to the parents and say i'm here for you come on i'll take you to the police station myself yeah. report it talk to the child and say you know what if mommy and daddy can't hear you that's okay tell your teachers i i will call the police will you tell the mm -hmm. police if i call the police yeah. it's okay because these children i'm going to tell you because i know from experience they are told to sit down and shut up about it mm -hmm. They are told that that's just how life is. And I'm going to tell you again from experience, when you grow up in that environment, you think it's normal. You think it happens, that it's happening yeah. to every child, that that is just your plight as a child. And that's not true. And the sad fact is I've learned that it pretty much has happened to every freaking child. Constantly. Mm -hmm. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Because we don't stand up. We don't stand up. I do because yeah. I, I'm. I don't see myself as. Uh, I see myself as a warrior for these kids. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And you know, I told my children from birth. I said, "Look, here's the deal. If anybody ever tries to be inappropriate with you, a scream. B, um, they will tell you if you fight back or if you do this or you mm -hmm. do that. They're gonna tell you um, that they're gonna." kill me or they're going to yeah. kill daddy or your sister yeah. or whatever and I want you to tell them my mother is immortal <laughs> she can't die yeah she'll and she and she will hunt your ass down yeah. cut that thing off and put it in your butt and then call an ambulance for you um, <laughs> but you know um, we were part of a church and um, just you know they're in their 20s now but we were part of a church when they were younger and just recently, it came to light that there was a lot of um, sexual abuse by the clergy in this mm -hmm. church. And I went to my daughters and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, did this ever happen yeah. to you? Did you? And they, they both looked at me and they're like, Mom, they never even approached us. <laughs> they were scared of you. <laughs> because every single one of them were terrified of you. They knew that the kind of mom you were. And they knew that you'd kill them mm -hmm. and then call the police and kick the, their dead carcass out the door and say, take that away. Yeah. They never even approached us. I was yeah. like, Whew, okay, good. So in the, in the, so the younger generation I see is, is growing up a bit different. Thankfully. Thankfully. Um, is there a way to deprogram this older generation that still has that entitlement? Women are sexual objects and I get to do as I please. Or is that something where we're just going to have to stay, you know? I will always be aware of my surroundings and carry my gun, as I said. But, you know, do we think our daughters will have a hope of not having to to continue this? I believe um, I believe anybody can change because, you know, uh, a year ago, my very handsome husband, uh, who was in the military for 20 years, was very, very set in his ways of um, how things should run. Mm -hmm. Right. And. 
he is a completely different human. Now, not that he was ever a sexist pig or predator or anything else, um, just the opposite, but he has been able to start shifting um, phrases that we've said since childhood. Yeah. You know, um, shifting things of um, what a woman's role is and what a man's role is and that it needs to go to a human role instead of a gender Gender. role, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, because my husband was raised that as the man, you must provide for the family. You must protect the family. You must, Mm -hmm. you know, and then he met me, (laughs) who is, um, I don't need you to protect me. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are here with our daughters, you better protect them or I'll kill you. Yeah. Um, but I don't need you to, if you want me to stay home and raise the children, then yeah, you need to provide. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that just because I'm a woman that it is automatic that I should stay home with the children. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a time that, um, I worked for the stock market, uh, in my early twenties and Terry was like, I'll stay home and raise the kids. You know, I don't have any issue with that. Right. Um, but it just wasn't something that I was, that I wanted to stay in for the rest of my life. But, um, it is changing the perception of what is acceptable. Yeah. And we did a gender role podcast as well. You can go back and listen to that of how. Cinnamon rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it is, it is shifting the perception of, um, what, what must be. Yeah. And the other really big one, because I want to go back to the child trafficking, right? Because that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. Oh, and tell that uh, the percentage of the state with the highest, uh, or the city, was it Washington? Oh, Washington, D.C. has the highest rate of child trafficking in the United States. nasty, nasty politicians, and they cover it up, mm-hmm. cover it up. Epstein didn't kill himself, cover it up, cover it up. <laughs> um, you know, if it, if it was a list of... Uh, non-politics non-politicians that would have come out already i don't you know i I don't want to go conspiracy theory but i'm gonna um i don't think epstein's dead no i really don't i don't know i don't think he's dead i think that um he's still out there somewhere it's just funny they did the whole johnny depp court case and then what's her name what was the name of the lady with epstein um what was her name the one that like, yeah I know I know what anyway, about, the, yeah. the woman I'm sorry I don't remember the name yeah they cover that up nice with the Johnny Depp trial yeah when hers was going on anywho yeah. anyway back so, to the trafficking in DC so yeah um, the child trafficking um, so how do we how do we change this right because there has been again 22 million. Yeah. Child sex trafficking reports. Yes, and twenty-two yeah. that million. Just a quick side note: um, the when I watched that movie at that festival about the child trafficking, most of it came through children's games. You know, perpetrators getting in there and let's meet up and type thing. Got you through their online games. So, like, chat is, is disabled on online. Is games. that is that statistical or was that just in his movie? No, no, no. That's yeah. statistical. Yes. Okay. And um, it, it was, you know, they friend them as another kid, and then it grows from there, and then, yeah, they groom them, and right off they go. So, anywho, turn off the chat on your kids' video games, number one. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if, a, uh, if your child says, hey, I made this friend on my video game, and I would like to, I want to go meet up with them, you say, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because yeah, I'm going to because I'm going to meet them too, and yeah. I'm going to get a five, and you're not going to be alone with them. They're welcome to come here, mm-hmm. or we'll meet up somewhere and come back here. Yeah. Or best show ever was to catch a predator. Do you yeah. remember that? I love that one. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Keith, was that Keith Morrison? Or? I can't remember his name, but yeah, to catch a predator. If you're not from the states, it was a gentleman. He would they would pose as as a kid and then have a perpetrator come to their home and they'd get arrested right then and there. Yeah, they, and they most would, of them cried like little girls. And they would come. Like they would babies. they would have the the child that was perpetrating. You know, a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have them say, "Yeah, come on in and make yourself comfortable. Nobody's here." And you'd see him come in and looking around and mm-hmm. sit down mm-hmm. and then. And then the guy, the, the, the reporter would come out and he'd say, so you're here to have sex with a 12-year-old girl, are you? And he was crying. Great. This is the first time I've done this. I, and oh, wait, don't tell first, my wife. First time I've ever done this. Um, I was just trying to show them what could happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that one happened um, a lot. Yeah, that was. Yes. There was one that Nasty. was a, um, a preacher or a pastor mm-hmm. or whatever. And they... You know, they already knew who he was because they'd already done all of the yeah, research, research before he showed up. And he was like, I just wanted to come and, and, and minister to her and blah, 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 and, and show her blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, right. then why do you have why, a, condoms si- and why do you have a six pack of beer and a box <laughs> of condoms? Yeah. You know, there are a lot of community resources. And unfortunately, I don't remember the name right now, but you can sign up to be. Um, to help these organizations that aren't government funded, of course, mm-hmm. to stop um, child trafficking, you know, because it's insane to me that they're allowed to like, um, you know, fact check stuff and shut down websites, but they cannot shut down these mother effing child pornography sites. Why is that? I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah, like they so, can shut down anything, but and but they can't pinpoint. It's like okay, you look at the what is the IP address and stuff like that, and of course they're on the dark web. But I'm like, yeah, you, no, there, there's just something fishy going Lance on. Lance could find him. Oh, I could find him. <laughs> Hello, we are like top PI. <laughs> oh, you know, right we, we, we really are top <laughs> PI, I have to say. So how, what do we, what do we do to start changing this? So um, we start teaching our sons. We start teaching the, the men in our life uh, that women are not property. That women have emotions and feelings just like they do. Mm-hmm. And we start teaching them about their own body and everybody else's body of my body, my, my choice. choice. Mm-hmm. Because for so many years, it was taught to women that it is our duty mm-hmm. to have sex with our husband. Oh, yeah. The guilt that comes along with that if you don't want to have sex with your husband. Exactly. Duty to have sex with mm-hmm. duty. You said duty. I said duty. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the guilt of, you know, even as a wife, and you might have the most loving partner and supportive, but then you still get that sex guilt. You mm-hmm. want to have sex, and, oh, I got blue balls, or you look, you know, it's like, well, how's you know that what? my problem? That's when you go and you buy some flesh-colored paint, mm-hmm. and you say, here you go, and paint them back the regular color. <laughs> or go in the bathroom. I won't bother you. Yeah. Take care of Take it. Take care of it, yeah. So make sure that your children... That you're doing what you would want your children, right? What do you want? Right. That's how I sort of gauge, like, don't get me wrong, I have a very loving, supportive husband. But if there's ever an argument or a discussion, I always imagine, like, would I want my daughter to be treated this way? That's exactly. how I gauge. Exactly. If, uh, if I'm feeling disrespected or not, like, do I want my daughter to be treated this way? Would this be okay? Because the other mm-hmm. thing is, is that, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, men 
how how you treat your wife in front of your mm -hmm. son is how he's but it's also how you treat your wife in front of your daughters is how they're going to see it as acceptable right so if you are rude disrespectful violent towards your and wife you accept it the wife accepts and it. the wife accepts it and the husband does it the children are going to see that as normal just like for me growing up uh in a in in sexual abuse mm -hmm. i thought every child yeah, like i thought that was just the plight of being a child yeah. right so for us to change that for us to change that perception we have to teach our children and teach teenagers and young people and old people mm -hmm. that that is not acceptable yes that our bodies are our bodies a lot of boundaries and we have a choice and we do have a guest and um He's a frequent flyer of, the, uh, of our show. So, hello, Mr. Mason. How can we help you? Hello? Uh oh He probably has his headphones in. Yeah. Mr. Mason, if you have your headphones in, we can't hear you. But, yeah, definitely, um, you know, what you allow, how you allow to be treat yourself treated is how your children are going to see it. Exactly. And if you don't want your son growing up that way, definitely set the boundaries with the father. And it doesn't mean the father's a horrible person, but it may just be like talking to you like property or, right. or you know, um, how some men joke, like get in the room, woman, you know. So, Mr. Mason, we're going to we're going to kick you off here because uh, we can't hear you and um, you can come back on if you'd like. Oh, here we go. Now we can. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. What you got for us? Can you we can. Now? There we go. Well, I've heard I've heard you talk about a lot of things. You know, you talk about the the Uncle Charlie situation. Um, you know, that's one of those generational things that people like. Oh, we don't talk about that. Well, yeah, you should because just because somebody is a relative or a sibling or whatever the hell it happens to be, you know, you can't ask someone how can you knowingly ask someone to put their children in danger because somebody's a relative that, that makes no sense to me i mean you should protect them even more so because you know the other thing that people talk about all the time is oh well family's the most important well by putting a child in danger like that how are you showing them that family's important you've just shown them that um family can't be trusted and that uh, you cover things up if something happens Mm -hmm. And just to know that you're not responsible for your family's actions. Exactly. If you're ashamed of that Uncle Charlie, it's not your fault that he's right. a predator. Right. You know, stop being ashamed for other people's actions, even if it's your brother, you know. Right. That's, that's my brother. I didn't tell him to go right. do it. And, and so, <laughs> right. And so the big thing is, if we have a family gathering, why is he even there? Yeah. He shouldn't be there. Because if we already know what his predilection is, then there should be no question as to um, erring on the side of, no, we're not going to let that happen, period. Uh and so the other thing I know that, that comes along with a lot of that stuff is uh, one of the things I hear all the time is, oh, boys will be boys. I, I, I hate that so much that I can't even describe to you the feelings of ooh, me wanting to smack someone for saying that. Because that uh, just your gender, your sex, whatever it is, uh, that's not an excuse for behavior in any way, shape, or form, no matter male or female. It just doesn't matter because... Uh, you should treat others with, you know, respect and courtesy and, and yeah, it just, uh, those kind of things are what really just 
flip we're, switch. We're about to lose you, Mr. Mason. Yeah, but and, as, as men, be an example for your sons. Yeah, please. be an example for and, and women. Be an example mm-hmm. for your daughters and your sons. Show them what is acceptable behavior and what is not. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I have a, a, like a little story that I want to share that um, Mr. Mason actually can chime in on. Um, when our oldest daughter, who's 26 now, when she was um, maybe five or so, we were at church, right? And the kids were all playing on the stage and and everything. And this little boy kept hitting my daughter, kept pulling her hair, kept trying to push her off the stage. And so Terry told her, next time, next time he puts his hands on you, because we had talked to the parents and said, hey, and that was their response. Boys Mm -hmm. will be boys, right? And... Uh, so K- Terry told um, Kayla, next time that little boy puts his hands on you, kick him in the ding ding. Mm-hmm. And so a few minutes later, there is a scream like you would not believe because he started trying to push her off the stage again. And mm-hmm. she kicked him right in the ding ding. And let me tell you something, his parents, as well as the clergy and everybody i mean they were all up in arms and a little girl should not kick a little boy in the ding ding (laughs) blah 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 and terry and i were like well if you're saying boys will be boys girls then let me just tell you this is how we teach our girls to protect themselves Mm -hmm. because it's the only thing a boy like that understands because the parents aren't even they're just like excusing the behavior because he has a penis yeah. Well, it's like those boys that pester girls and they just tell the girls, it's because he likes you. Yeah. Oh, instead dear Lord. of. So then you, you, what, these girls grow up expecting boys to be little bullies to so them because they like them. Exactly. <laughs> That's what <laughs> like we're, the most we're, you heard. want a boy to be hateful to you. Yeah, because that means he likes you. Because that means he likes you. Yeah. We got to shift that. Sh- we have got to shift that. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, like I said, I remember a friend of my dad's and I don't know if he had tried anything appropriate with me, but one time he tried to sit me on his lap and I came out and said, I'm going to kick you in the balls if you touch me again. And my parents were mortified versus saying, versus looking into it. Like, why did she react that way? Yeah. Why would she be like that? Yeah. Cause I wouldn't have just said that just because obviously either somebody had done something to me before or this gentleman did something to me. Right. Exactly. It was laughed off like, ah, ha, 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 don't be rude. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show you I was four. four. I was four. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to be wrapping this one up here in just a few minutes. So if there is anybody out there that would uh, like to Come on as a guest if you have any thoughts or any advice, any advice or stories or anything that you would like to uh, share with us. Please feel yeah. free to request to be a guest. We just ask that you be polite and respectful of everyone's views. Your view is just as important as anyone else's. Yeah. Another thing I've done for my son as well that I'm talking about teaching them is when I've heard him say kind of remark that I don't, he should talk about a woman that way. I've told him that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's sister. What would you do if somebody talked like that to your sister? He's like, I'd beat the shit out of him. I was like, well, then everybody deserves the same respect. Exactly. So even if you have to put it that way, it's a, it's a good, um, a good thing. 
All right, so we have a, a Mr. Mason is coming back on. Hello, Mr. Mason, what you got for us? So I and guess, uh, we, okay, I can hear you, go ahead. So I guess the flip side to that too is, you know, I talked about uh, boys and girls, but I've seen a lot of different reels pop up on some of these little social media things. Um, and they have groups of women that they are talking to, interviewing and things like that. And I was really kind of shocked and surprised to see some of the, I don't, I don't know where they got these expectations, but these are like expectations that they have of men. And some of those expectations, um, in my opinion, were very exaggerated and very, um, I just wondered- You have an example of one of the expectations? Okay, yeah, can you give us an example? It's, it's kind of hard just be, um, I don't know. Um, some of them expected them to like, you know, basically provide for everything. If you don't have a good job and a good car and this and that and everything else, uh, they basically wouldn't even give them the time of day. And, you know, well, then those, that, uh, those the men should be grateful, <laughs> right? Those men, out of the way. Yeah, yeah, those men should be grateful because those sound like some asshole women. Well, right. And because uh, the other thing was, too, you know, they said, well, so what if this guy is, you know, just getting self-established and everything else? And, and you know, kind of some of their attitude was almost, well, then he can come talk to me later. And I, I was just, it was kind of, it was sad to see that because... I know that, um, you know, guys can get a bad rap too, but it, it, it kind of comes from both sides. And I, it just, no, makes I agree me with you. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Who's putting these ideas in people's heads like that? I mean, because they're so, um, they're so inflated and so like over-exaggerated that it just makes me wonder where are you getting these thoughts and these concepts from? Because it's very, um, is way outside the norm or way outside that anything that I would think that um, I would hope that most would think is, is normal. And it's just. Well, let me let me ask you something, Mr. Mason. Oof. Let's pretend like we don't know each other. Um, and sure. when you were growing up, right, you were you were a cute little little teen boy and you were starting to check the ladies out. Right. What did you believe you needed to bring to the table to what was, what was, uh, what were you going to provide to the relationship and what was your expectation that you would receive in return? Like what were you taught societally? And we're going to, but if you fed her lobster, he was getting sad. <laughs> Motherfuckers never got me lobster, <laughs> uh, but if we're about to lose you. So please request to come back on. But um, you know, you're in your early fifties societally, what were you taught, um, should be your expectation to, that you're receiving and that you should give. I'm just, I'm curious. I don't think that's something you and I have ever discussed. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Oh, you got me again? Yep. We're on. Okay. Um, so, uh, so what age are we talking about here? Um, whenever, 20, 20. Yeah, 20, uh, 18 to 20, what did society 20, teach you, you needed to bring to the table? I don't, I don't know if it was, I guess it was societal and it was, uh, other stuff. Um, I don't know. Um, basically I know, you know, if you asked a girl out, then you were going to pay for the date and so on and so forth. Um, 
I mean, I didn't. And if you and if you paid for the date, if you paid for the date, did society tell you that there was an expectation that uh, that you should have an expectation of something in return? And what would that be? I don't remember that ever being an expectation. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> actually he's one of the rare guys that i actually believe that <laughs> um well i don't know that so there's probably those guys that were out there still that were just pigs and i usually avoided them just because i was like that's kind of disgusting um and so i guess for for me personally i didn't have that expectation um there was always a you know, there was always a hope, but I mean, there wasn't a expectation <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, and if she did on, not, I mean, would you take her out again? Yeah, if I liked her, I mean, but I didn't expect anything like right off the get go. So, I mean, if, if something happened, hey, that's a plus. If something didn't happen, if because there was plenty of dates that I went on with someone, and after that first date, I was like, I am never going out with this person again. They are. They might be hot, but man, there's some stuff that's going on upstairs that I don't want any part of. <laughs> and so honestly, that, that would be, that would kind of be it. And I wouldn't go out with them again. And so that's just, yeah. And yeah. so I guess I saved myself a, a, a lot of grief by not uh, um, jumping into something that uh, would have, would have, could have, who knows, been a bad experience. And so, um, Yeah. I mean, I knew that there were some guys out there, the way they, they talked about women and talked about other things um, that I, I just didn't agree with at all. And I just thought it was kind of, I thought it was gross, but it was disgusting. I was like, man, how, I don't even understand how that uh, works in your head because I can't, I can't make a connection with somebody with that kind of a, a thought. Was that process, prevalent? You know? Was that more prevalent uh, growing up to hear boys talk to, about girls like that than not? And we're going to lose you. So a quick yes or no. Was no. not more prevalent. Yeah, no. Definitely not. <laughs> going to go on there. Well, I think that maybe uh, my husband. Uh, spent, he was unique. He was unique and he hung out with unique people. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at one of the websites that we were getting statistics for. It's called liberatechildren.org. And there are spots there that ask, you know, to volunteer or to donate and how to raise awareness. So... Definitely, parents, check that out. Yeah, uh, liberatechildren.org. And they have, um, they have a section in there about um, awareness, like where they have tips on um, how to help your children to be aware, to speak up, um, how to support them, how to, um, you know, and one of the big things that you can do that, you know, they didn't have when I was raising my mm -hmm. kids because we didn't have internet is you can go online and check sexual predators in your area. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, I did it just recently and I could not literally what four houses down yeah. there uh, was a violent sexual predator. Yes. And I guess, you know, I don't have children, uh, small children. Yeah, it wasn't one of those that was an 18 year old that slept with a 16 year old. No, it was a man. No. This was a grown man, grown man and a child under the age of eight. Yeah. And it was violent. Yeah. And 
Um, and it's just really important yeah, to just down from my house. Yeah. Um, number four here on one of the list of things, like we talked earlier, it's okay to be rude to a grown up if you feel unsafe. Absolutely. You know, because as kids, we're taught to be the nice little be girl. Polite, be polite. Be polite. And yeah. so little girls just stick their hand out and they're being polite. So you can be rude. Be, you know, um, it's. Uh, be rude and stay alive. Mm -hmm. It is more important for you to survive the the situation. You know, I mean, Ted Bundy, what did he do? Mm -hmm. he, he wore a fake cast that he could whip off at any second. And he would act like he was struggling to get a piece of furniture into a moving van. Yeah. And, you know, because we're taught to be polite and to help people. And even though these, a lot of these women have this really yucky feeling, and what did they do? They still went yeah. and helped him put it in there, and then he knocked him out with his cast, murdered and killed, or raped yeah. and killed them. You know, be rude and stay alive. If something doesn't feel right, run, scream Stop at the top this. of your lungs. Scream, that's my purse, I don't know you. With the... Georgia accent. Well, it's from uh, King of the Hill. Oh, I don't yeah. Know that. When uh, his son was getting beaten up at school and everything, and so he sent him to a self defense class. But he didn't realize it was a women's self defense class. So when <laughs> when a little Bobby went back to school, um, the principal calls and um, you know says to the dad, he's like, "Hey, your son got in a fight today," and he's like, "Did he get beat up?" He said, "No, he fought back." And so he comes, he's all proud and everything. Mm -hmm. His son whoops some boys. And and the principal, he sits down with the principal and um, he's like, so how many of them did my son get? And he said, well, none of them. They all ran away. He said, oh, he was that scary. He said, well, sir, he started screaming, that's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> so but this this number is, is insane. So it says human trafficking earns global profits of roughly a hundred and fifty billion dollars a year. Oh so how do how do they get these damn numbers, right? Like, what are they tracking? And if they're tracking internet hits or whatever, they got to be able to find these people. I don't. If anybody knows why, please let me know. Like, yeah, how are they able to track this but not be able to stop it? Yeah, it's ninety nine billion comes from commercial sexual exploitation of children and women. Mm -mm -mm. That's a lot of money. It sounds like a lot of money being paid to some police or government officials to cover this shit up. Because wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. No where's way. the high? Where's the highest rate? Oh of yeah, Washington D.C. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So this one says, "Teach your children the difference between an okay secret and a not okay secret. Mm -hmm. Assure that your child will never uh, would never." Want him or her to feel like they had not kept an uh, that they had kept a not okay, okay. secret from mm -hmm. you, um, and have your children practice their most annoying scream. You know, uh, they mean they may need to use it someday. Not, you know, yes. um, keep your family computer in a central location. Uh, I know when my girls were younger, they hated it mm -hmm. because they had to sit at the kitchen table yeah. with the screen facing where I was sitting or where I could walk by at any moment, yes. and I did, and I did. So, well, thank you, everyone, who took your time to come on here today with us. And um, how do we change this? We change our perception. And mm -hmm. we stand up and we speak and we talk. And we talk to our children. We talk to our coworkers. We talk to people. Mm -hmm. We stand up and shout it from the highest mountain that we're equal. Women are equal. That we don't have to fear that men will kill us. Mm -hmm. 
that we can change that perception. It is good to be aware and respectful. But the moment we go into fear, constant fear, then we can't think straight. Mm -hmm. You lose yourself, you lose your self-worth, you lose everything. And it becomes normal. Mm -hmm. It becomes almost like it's okay. And we we don't want that. So... Thank you all for being here with us today. And remember, you are loved exactly as you are. And y'all can ask us anything through the new um, Ask Anything questions. So if you have any questions about this podcast, any uh, questions or about anything else about uh, Tina or I, please feel free to do so. Just go to our profile and click on the Ask Ask Me Anything. Anything. Peace. If you have suggestions for topics that you would like us to cover or you have a question, please feel free to contact us via email at whosaidyouhavetu at gmail.com. If you would like to know more about free will healing, Tina or me, visit our website at www.freewillhealing.com. And also, please check the show notes for all of our Who Said You Have To social media links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where you can follow or subscribe to get updates for any upcoming events or personal appearances near you. We encourage you to have faith in yourself. And remember, Who who Said said You Have have to? To?